Okay, welcome to the show. My name is Paul Burgess and Health Talk Radio episode number 22, I think it, no, 23. 23, yes. We've even gone past that 22, right. 23 and um, I'm doing the intro today because Mike is here. I know, you know, oftentimes he'll just leave me to do it on my own and he just wants to swan in and pick up all the, the fancy pants bits. But um, today I'm here with him, but I've also brought on um, a nurse practitioner friend of mine who and she doesn't know this but i think she's probably one of the most valuable nurse practitioners in london right now because she does uh, a range of treatments and approaches that are honestly second to none you can't get it in most places which is why i do a lot of work with her and we're going to continue to do a lot more work um her name is maria leberos if i've got that right you she's from <laughs> living uh, her website's usefulliving.uk, but Maria, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for the lovely introduction. That's right. So good to have you. Yes, yes. Mike, you've got a load of stuff that you want to talk to Maria about, and I'm going to sit in the corner and kind of put my 10 pence in every so often. Um, yeah, no, yeah. You've got you some know. personal stuff you want to talk about as well, so it's interesting to see what this comes out. Before we get there, you know, I've got an interesting story to share as I was talking to Maria before the show and some insecurities and some things that I deal with personally that I think will be really relatable for those that are listening today. Um, but I first want to get Maria's story. I, I want to learn, like, why, Maria, did you get into this space? Um, why is it so important to you? And why or what makes you different from other women who are practicing in this space? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I, I may not be the only one out there doing it the way that I am. However, um, compared to the majority, I like to think that I'm one of very few that do what I do in the way that I do it. Um, first of all, how I got into this, um, I can honestly say this is not something that I thought I would ever do. Um, let's just say it happened for me. So I didn't know I was going to do this. Um, I come from performing arts background. I've been dancing since I was teeny weeny, went to stage school. Um, and then obviously once you leave school, it's like, where do you go from there? So they don't equip you for the later and after school and everything. So I was in an agency, I was getting work and everything like that. And after that, as you can imagine, I'm going through you know, my twenties. Um, I'm going through my finding myself years, which was a, uh, quite uh, frustrating years for me and depressing at times because I wanted to get into that industry but then also knew that it wasn't easy and possibly not what I was supposed to do so I was sort of in between trying to figure out what else I wanted to do and then cut a long story short um, ended up meeting my daughter's father which I was quite young got married and then I found myself going through divorce and become a single mum so at this point I was like I need to do something that I'm going to be able to support my daughter properly, well, not have to rely on anybody else. Um, something that I, I've always wanted to do something for myself anyway, work for myself, didn't want to go back to working in like say retail or whatever, um, earning a basic wage. And what I was going to do, I didn't know. But funnily enough, we were getting leaflets for phlebotomy courses posted through our front door. Um, and so phlebotomy is in, you know, when you, you get your blood taken for a blood test. Um, so my mum actually suggested it to me. And I, I honestly think I should make her my manager, to be honest, because everything that she suggested so far <laughs> for my business. Um, I love she, it. Awesome. But she was like, give it a go. Like at the time, my sister was also studying. She was studying nursing. And um, um, I remember her coming home with like stories of how she was looking after the patients, everything she was doing. And. And I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. But at the time, having a little one and thinking about having to do a whole sort of nursing degree at the time anyway, um, it was kind of, you know, it was it seemed like a lot for me. And my mum said, look, I've got these leaflets. Um, there, this leaflet of an advertisement of a one day course, no medical background needed. Just go give it a go, you know, do it. So I did. I went for the course and they started talking about all these other treatments that they teach and the, what you can make from it. So at the time, my mind was like, oh, money, you know? Yes. So yep. Then I was like, good money, I can support my daughter. Then I started looking into it and realizing that I had to do, you know, either a beauty or a nursing degree or something or beauty course. So done a little bit of everything now over the years. But at the time when they were 
Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beautician as well. But at the time when they were talking about it, the, the, the courses, um, and I was hearing that they were one day courses, there's me thinking, okay, within six months, I'm going to be like qualified esthetician and I'm going to be doing this. And then, you know, so I'll get a phlebotomy job for now, do the, save up and do the courses, then go and get myself a job in a private clinic somewhere where I can find the clients and um, as a phlebotomist and, you know, and then do the aesthetics on the side. Anyway, cut long story short, it took me four years to get here. Wow. Not take me six months at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's and a then when I started hey? studying beauty and working in health, um, in the healthcare sector as well, and the, everything else I did, I mean, I was a specialist in nursing, everything. So when I started doing all that, um, and realizing I had my own skin conditions because of the stress and everything, realizing that it was all kind of from the inside out when it comes to healing the skin. And it's not just about, I mean, I, before all of this, I didn't even know what sort of products to use, about what kind of ingredients that should be in the products and ingredients we should avoid. Um, all sorts of things. I, you know, I, I wasn't one to really go and have all these treatments done myself um but then when I started to realize more which my parents were always very much into nutrition so that was something I was always into and then um when I started to learn about the the skin the anatomy physiology and I realized there was so much more to it than just what you put on your skin and then started learning about products and ingredients then that's when it was just an absolute game changer for me and I healed my skin and I had all sorts of I used to hate my skin um, and it was a big insecurity of mine Interesting. You say that same, same for me, as you're going through this, you know, this education process, this experience, mm. learning about skin. I know it's the biggest organ. It absorbs just yeah. everything, right? It's huge. I, I think it's, it's underrated from a, from a, you know, an awareness perspective. I don't think we really think as much as we should about the shampoos we use, the creams that we use on our face, etc. Suntan yeah. lotion, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, though, Maria, what is what's been like the most shocking thing that you've learned over the years about skin itself? Um, shocking, um, interesting. Something that now I I rave to people. You know, it's like understanding that what I find nowadays is social media as well is that it's so important to look after our skin and the way that we look because we want to look good. We need to look good. It's sure. like um, this pressure that's being put on us, you yeah. know, and it's wrong. It's all wrong. Like if we look at our skin as an organ and it has its functions and it protects everything that's in the skin. And also another thing about skin, which is actually amazing, uh, thing to know is that if there's anything wrong with your skin it's, it's like an indication or a sign that there's something going on inside there's something wrong Ooh, you know so really good really you, good you have to look at that and see that okay mm -hmm. rather than me stressing about what do I do who do I go and see and all these professionals are telling you different things and confusing you that you end up resorting to kind of the Botox and fillers and things like that and whatever else it might be the quick fix things like you know I suffered from acne so there's people that are taking you know Rakutane or the pill or things to just kind of which is um which me and Paul were having a discussion about this before as well it's just a quick fix at the end of the day and I'm very much against that and when I found out what my issue was when I used to get all these sort of big horrible cystic spots and it used to really depress me um and I've I've worked it out for myself over time that I possibly may have had PCOS polycystic ovaries and when I went for a scan I found that I did and although the mm, wow yeah, yeah although the professionals were trying to tell me that oh well I don't see the symptoms I'm like well the spots aren't always there and I'm wearing makeup but I know the symptoms and I'm so telling good. you they were like insisting there was no you know the doctor the gynecologist but then when they, when they had the scan and they diagnosed me with polycystic ovaries I was like yeah I knew it and so it's and that's caused I caused that to myself without realizing over time whether it's diet stress lifestyle whatever it might be using the wrong products not having the knowledge you know which now I do um so for me it's important to see your skin not just as you know we have to look after it so because so I can look good you know it's an organ and we have to look after our skin like we have to look after every other organ in our body so good it has its purpose you know I I love it and I and I think you know for the people that are listening you have to pick up what Maria is putting down here right it isn't go and get your Botox shots first and foremost it's perhaps taking a step back and looking inside first is what I'm hearing to determine what's going on inside that perhaps is expressing itself outside. And how can I deal with that first? Yeah, 
correct. And just one thing that I wanted to add to that as well is with anti-aging. You know, when people start to like they're dropping or there's lines or they're aging, a lot of times I what I find nowadays is people are aging quicker than what they used to. And again, it's down to diet and lifestyle, etc. Because um, things sort of back in the days, maybe my grandparents' generation, whatever, things were just a lot more simple. You know, life was simple. The food, everything was just more simple. And now with everything being so overprocessed and sugar and everything and whatever it might be, um, you know, lifestyle stress is one of the main things for me. People are aging quicker and you can, um, you can't stop the aging, but you can kind of reverse it and you can slow it down, if that makes sense. Like, you, you know, yep. if you're young and you're looking old and, you know, I've had a woman come to me in her 50s and her skin just looks so, like, all these fine lines everywhere, really dull, dry, lacklustered, and just she looked tired. And you'd think, okay, well, she's in her 50s. Well, actually, you know, I started giving her microneedling, PRP facials, um, gave, gave her advice. Um, from Even after the first session, her skin, when she came back to me the second time, was glowing. Her skin was clearer. Her skin was firmer. And uh, she said, I said, you know, let's talk about your products. Because I don't like to be pushy with my clients about products sort of from the beginning. I don't want them thinking that I'm trying to, you know, from, from the get-go, like, sell products to them. So she'd come back. I obviously give her advice. I said, tell me about your products. What are you using? How are you? How is it doing? You know, your skin looks really good. And she said, well, I find my skin is more receptive to them now like that before I would just put on the products and it wasn't doing anything and that's true you know if you're not looking after your skin and getting rid of that dead layer of skin or you know you're just putting stuff on top of stuff that's not you're not you're not you know it's not the ingredients are not going to absorb into your skin properly mm -hmm. um, so it seemed like you know when she was telling me she was actually using good products but even the products alone wasn't working um for her so she said, you know, even when I put my makeup on, I could apply so much nicer. Everybody's commenting, everyone, you know, and so, you know, you can be in your 50s and you can look less aged, but there was no Botox or fillers involved. So can mm -hmm. I just, I'm just going to jump in very quickly on that. Because yeah. you can't do that. No, 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 Paul. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. I can't I'm in the middle you. of a conversation. You know I'm right? in the middle of a conversation, man. Can you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I can mute you off of here completely. Oh, so, um, <laughs> But here's the really interesting thing about that patient yeah. you had, Maria. Mm. When she came in, you said her skin looked tired. Yeah. And yeah. that's a that's an indication that, guess what? She is tired. And yeah. if she's tired, it's because she's not generating energy properly in her system. Yeah. And if she's not doing that, why is that? What are the <laughs> things that are preventing that energy production? What are the things that are draining it? So she's probably getting poor sleep. She's probably stressed, like you said, Fair. not yeah. eating well. Yeah. By 50 years old, she's definitely got some sort of chemical or mold or tox uh, um, environmental toxicity going on. So all of these things are accumulating inside, like you said, and then they yeah. show on the outside as the tired skin. Correct. And we know, looking at that, she's also tired. And what mm. you're doing with the, the PRP and the facial and so on is allowing that outer to, to have some resilience to what's going on but like you said you have to deal with it from the inside as well because otherwise eventually even those treatments will fail to make a difference because they're constantly getting this internal problem going on yeah. and i know that um you know we've spoken about skin being a large organ and all that kind of stuff it is a huge detoxification pathway and you will find that if you are having things coming out through your skin like acne for example or things like athlete's foot and all that kind of other stuff where your skin's trying to remove things not only are they a good indication of what's going on inside if you've got athlete's foot you have got a candida infection inside 100 right so just understand that but also it generally tends to run that what you did three days ago is coming out today hmm. so if you on a Friday, Saturday, were, you know, pizza, beer, late night, early morning kind of partying weekend, by the Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to start seeing that in your skin. And people don't relate it back to that because it was so long ago in their mind, right? But, oh, you know, it's the weekend. It wasn't then. This is now. It's like Wednesday morning. Why is this happening all of a sudden? But you've got to understand that what you do internally is always going to show on the outside. 
Yeah, 100%. And I, and I do, this is why, you know, it's great working with professionals like yourself who would have, you know, more knowledge when it comes to things like that. But I do do my best to advise my clients that it is from the inside out and they have to do their part as well. And I'm quite kind of, you know, I can be quite strict with that. You know, I, I always ask them <laughs> back to me, what are you doing? Are you doing this? But what I, the, the point I was trying to make there, and, and thanks for that, Paul, because that is, that's very true, um, is that what most people think is that with ageing, you know, these natural treatments, if you like, and doing things yourself and um, in terms of, you know, whether it's, it's food or lifestyle habits, exercise, whatever it might be, products you're using, a lot of people don't understand why we are aging today and so quickly, and we're actually doing it to ourselves and we can reverse that. Yeah. You know, it's just understanding that and getting to the bottom of it and to the, the sort of, you know, the root cause of the problem. Um, and, and skin is not just what you see on, on, on the surface. And so people don't understand that, that they need to, that the root cause is normally something from inside. Um, but so, I do my part on the surface and advise and hope that they do their part as well. So here's a question for you. So I would imagine most of your clients are women. So most, I think with men, it's more with the hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. So a woman comes to you and she sits down, she gets your advice. When you take this approach, because I think a lot of people, right? We see Kardashians and we see social media and this whole yeah. thing is glamorized and you got injections here and do this here and this new procedure there, yeah. right? I think a lot of women see that and they just want to come in and just say, hey, make me beautiful, right? I don't care, just make me beautiful. And yeah. then you flip the script on them and you say, well, in order to, to do this the right way, here's mm -hmm. the approach we have to take. Do you get a lot of pushback? Do you get women who say, you know what, you know, I'm going to go work with someone else because I'm looking more for the quick fix or how, how do you balance that? And is that a problem for you? Well, no, that's a really good question because I find those that want uh, the quick fix, I, you know, I make it very clear. I don't, I'm not, that's me. I'm, I don't judge anybody who wants to do that. And if that makes you happy, that's fine. But I don't do Botox and fillers. It's not what I do. And I make that very clear from the start. So if they're continuing and wanting to find out what I can do for their skin, then if they wanted that, they'd go to somebody that does that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just give the advice and I basically explain to them, they'll start off with a treatment with me. And they will say during the treatment, sometimes I get them saying, um, I, I really th I'm thinking about doing this or I've thought about it, I've tried it before. And they will tell me the side effects. And I'll say, well, you see, that's the, that, that's the side effects of doing the Botox and the fillers. It's just something that is going to help you in the moment, as you say, like a quick fit. And then there's obviously the side effects that they could go wrong, like having Botox and it, you know, it weakens the muscle. You know, I had somebody come to me with a lazy eye because of Botox. And it wasn't even near her eye. Um, some of them are like, oh, the lines here. And I say to them, never do anything around the eye. It's dangerous. I wouldn't advise it. Okay, if you really must and want to go in here on the forehead, but not around the eye. And obviously they, it's done there as well. Obviously there are people out there that know what they're doing. They're very good at it. But me personally, I make it very clear to them, this is what you may be facing. These are the, you know, um, consequences or the side effects or whatever and with my treatments this is what you'll be getting it might take a bit longer but mm -hmm. with Botox for example you're going to have to keep doing it don't think that right. you do it once and that's it you right. know with like needling and PRP and whatever else that you're doing you're not going to be like really like skin really pulled and tight which I do you even want that that you can't even move your face but mm -hmm. at the same time it will help with those lines um, and whatever else that you're doing as well, that eventually you will just come back for top-ups here and there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's you, also, you to... Sorry, Marie, it's also worth yeah. noting, right, <clears throat> the word Botox, you know, tox is short for toxin, mm. and the bow is botulism, and people died of botulism, you know, in the medieval times. It's, 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 it's a very toxic substance that paralyzes those muscles, but therefore they can't move. Yeah. And that's why you you can't make the facial expressions. Mm. And obviously it's the expressions that create the lines. But eventually it wears off. Why does it wear off? It wears off because your body has dealt with that toxicity 
metabolized it and tried to remove it from the body. And therefore you have to top it up again. Well, mm. none of that is good. There is no nutrient density, you know, benefit to your body for any of that process. So I, so I just have to stop you here because I'm, I'm also learning in this process, which is why I've started this podcast is to really learn and become even more educated. And this is interesting. So Botox, you know, tox makes sense, toxin. So you mean to tell me that the Kardashians are running around getting toxins injected in their forehead and then making another post and telling people how healthy the vegan diet is. Am I understanding? Am I, am I, I am I, I, mean, I don't am follow I the Kardashians. Right, right but, but am I, I have, I have, because I get little bits and pieces from, yeah. from people. But like, am I, is, is this real life? Am I like, like they're toxins, like literally, I mean, needles are probably sticking, you know, how, how mm. many, how many times a week that whatever it is. And then it's like, yeah, but become a vegan and you'll be healthy. So it sounds plausible. Well, it's not just what's what's going in, it's what it's actually doing. So it's like, yes, it's toxins, but as Paul said, it's just freezing the muscle. Whereas with microneedling and PRP, which you, you, you need to be able to use the muscle. I mean, you don't, you don't want to do that. It's, it's not natural. It's sure. not, um, but with the microneedling and PRP, it's just, for example, I mean, this is one of the many treatments that you can have, but you know, it's, um, obviously needles puncturing the skin obviously the skin has been numb so you don't feel it and because of the puncturing of the skin it's sending signals to the cells saying look there's an injury we need to go and heal that area so they start working and producing more collagen and hyaluronic acid um and this is this is what we start uh, you know um our cells are not making as much of these as we get older and this is why we start dropping we lose the collagen and things and obviously without people realizing it's the food and sugar and things like that breaks down the collagen so we're just getting ourselves mm, working point. again we're working with ourselves so it's, it's just it's a natural you you want to look naturally useful and not yes. um uh, I'm going to say it, plastic, useful, yeah. you know, yeah. you want to you're look welcome. like you, you want to this look is, like you again. This, and, is, yeah. this, is the, this is the thing, um, Miriam, this is the thing, right? Plastic surgery doesn't make you look younger. It just makes you look like you've had plastic surgery, right? Yeah. Botox does not make you look younger. It just makes you look like you've had Botox. It makes you look mm -hmm. unnatural. Yes. Sadly, right now we have this endemic about social media showing people looking flawless and yeah. that's the goal that they're going for. So they're having the lips and the Botox and all that other jazz being done, mm. thinking that's normal to look yeah. like that. <clears throat> and this is the first real generation that's really invested in that look. We do not know the long-term outcome of this, even though there are older people doing it to themselves or having it done, but the younger generation have much more exposure to this, the fillers and the toxins and everything else that is going to come back and bite them in the backside yeah, massively later yeah. on. It's going to be a massive, massive issue. Yeah. It's the same with breast implants and the poisoning that that does. A huge amount of things are now coming out with causing cancers and all other things. So the, the problem is the whole culture of quick fix, glamour, photo filter, etc., is what's driving people down this route. And mm. none of it is natural. What Maria is talking about is when you talk about PRP um, and microdermabrasion, these are ways to get the body to do natural repair mm -hmm. to itself mm -hmm. in a way that it would normally do youthfully. So there's no toxicity involved. There's no foreign agents being applied. This is about using your own body to repair itself. Um, yeah. and if you get a second, Maria, what I'd like is for you to discuss PRP and what that, what it really means yeah. and how that's done, because I think people, it would be a good bit of information for people. Yeah. And I just wanted to add to what you said as well is, is um, it's very sad. I mean, I see even 16 to 18 year olds, really young, and they've got their lips done. And it's something I knew nothing of when I was that mm. age. And you yeah. talk about some older people doing it as well. But the sad thing, what I'm finding about all of this is that 
it's so normal for these young girls today to do that. It's, it's become their norm. Um, and I just wanted to point out that one of the reasons um, I, as a skin specialist, I've only recently kind of started my Instagram page and I'm not as consistent with it as I'd like to be because I'm quite busy, but I, I will start putting more on there. But it's all about the mind, body and skin connection and educating everyone in there as much as I can. Yeah. So you'll see it's not all about my before and afters and my work, um, which obviously is good to show that as well. Well, but it's, it's just I talk about it about everything uh, to do with the skin and um, it took me a long time to get on Instagram I was really insecure about it because I didn't feel that I had the, the perfect look that all these girls on Instagram have wow. now but I refused to do the Botox and fillers mm. so and then I realized that even those that are doing the Botox and fillers don't quite look the same in real life as they do in their posts and there is a little bit of editing with lighting and things like that. And it does make a difference. And everybody's doing that. And I think everybody needs to ignore, if, and I want to put that out there as well. So whoever is listening to this, ignore what you're seeing on Instagram, because nine times out of 10, they don't look like that in real life. And I'm not to say that they look really bad, but we all have, um, you know, something that day you know we've all got our rough days we've all got like a little spot that's come out that we're just going to take it out and we edit you know so don't think that they look like that all the time or in real life and sometimes these both and fillers it goes wrong and mm -hmm. if you see them in person and they can look scary even you know it's not not everyone does some people get it done naturally and there are people out there that do it really well and if that's your thing and that's what you want to do I would make sure that you're aware if you're hearing it from me of obviously like you say for the toxins that's going in but if if you really want to do that make sure you go to somebody who really knows what they're doing um mm. but even still you're still getting that you know the toxins going into your face if, if you want that that's that's up to you it's not something i'd ever recommend but what what um, happens I yeah. think about this way. what happens if you've had your lips done what happens if you stop having that done because your lips have now stretched to accommodate yeah. the extra yeah. fluid that's in there yeah. So once you stop doing that, your lips will no longer have any sort of tightness to them. You know, they have to they have to have this product injected into them to keep them full. Otherwise, it'll just be like a deflated balloon. And so, so there's no way around that. It's like you see sometimes people have the earrings where they make the big hole in the ear. Yeah. And eventually they get really fed up with it. And then they can have that surgery, which kind of just clips off the long hoop. That's, that's hanging down and they can get some kind of resemblance back to a normal earlobe. You cannot do that unless you go into some serious surgery for your lips. Mm. So long-term, this stuff has not really been thought through in the slightest, yeah. but- um, The world the world isn't thinking long-term. We know that, right? We know. Yeah. And, and, and I also want to just, you know, for the people that are listening too, is we'll drop, Maria, we'll drop your Instagram in the show notes so that people can follow you and, and start to see you're so refreshing in how you share this stuff. And, you know, I think you're beautiful. And, and so oh, I, I, yeah. And I, you know, and, and I understand the artificial look and I understand all of that, but mm -hmm. you're doing it naturally. And, you know, that speaks volumes, I, I think in a world that is so unnatural and looking for the quick fix, you're here as a voice of, of reason for women saying, look, you can do this the healthy way. Look at me, you can do this the healthy way. It's okay to be insecure. It's okay to have you know, the, the good days and the bad days. And I want to get into that a little bit more because you healed your skin challenges, which I, I want to talk a little bit more in depth uh, Mike, about. Before I we do, share. sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. Plate, Platelet-rich plasma. Yeah, I'm going to, I was going to, I haven't forgotten. Yeah. Platelet-rich um, so, plasma. Yeah, I got I'll some quickly, notes too. I'll quickly explain there. So platelet-rich plasma, most people started off with just microneedling. Uh, where it is effective and it does work, um, they were using all sorts of different products to put on the skin as a slip and to, to you know, for, for it to go through the, the holes, if you like, um, to help with this, the whole process of the cells kind of regenerating and producing more things that no one produces. And um, where you're kind of using other foreign substances, it's, it's, they're natural, like hyaluronic acid and things like that, but wouldn't it be better to be having something from your own body, such as the plasma from your blood? So that is what it is, basically. Mm -hmm. um, it's the plasma from your blood. So I would take your blood. I would pop it into a centrifuge machine. That will separate the, the plasma from the red blood cells. I'll extract the plasma, and I'll use that as a slip. 
Um, so I just blend it into the skin and then, you know, the, the pen, which has the needles at the end, it's like a motor and it moves the needles up and down um, really fast. So you barely feel it. Um, that, you know, helps with moving, you know, the, the pen and then all that will seep through your skin and it, it has healing agents. And so it helps with the whole, that whole process. And it really is effective. And I have seen amazing results with my clients. Now, there's also, just so before people jump on and go, oh, yeah, that's, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. Yeah. Um, there are certain uh, people that it won't be that great for, which yeah. I know you've mentioned Correct. older older men, for example. Yeah. Um, so How old? How old? I, yeah, so I'm out of that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm screwed because I can't have it. 50, 50, well, 55 old like Paul or 40, it... 41 old like me. <laughs> Well, no, it works for hair as well. It works for, the great thing about it is it's just, it's healing the skin. So it's not just for aging. It, you know, you might have acne scars, blemishes from sun, acne blemishes, where products can also help with that. Um, the microneedling PRP also helps, but with acne scars, that's, you know, when you have like holes in the skin almost, that's different. So this is what it really helps with, you know, stretch marks or certain, um, scars on the body you know it helps with that and it helps with hair growth so what most people don't realize is um they want to go for a hair transplant um but when you go and they might not be completely bald they might have just a patch you know and they still have hair follicles there so the prp actually works and um but what they do is they think they need to go to turkey or wherever and have a hair transplant and then they don't what they don't realize or they then realize later on is that you have to have the prp treatment to maintain the hair growth after so you've got to do that anyway gotcha so I, I explain yep. that to people so yes it doesn't work on older people or for example if there isn't really hair follicle there it won't work there needs to be some hair you know even if it's just a little bit it needs to be some hair follicle there in the area um also microneedling prp with darker tone people what that does is it activates the melanocyte cell as well. And then it causes mm. pigmentation. So you do have to be careful with that. There is a certain product that we, you know, we can apply to prevent that, to prevent the, the melanocyte cell from being activated. But you know, there's yeah, certain things like that, certain conditions. For example, another one for me that most um, I find because I've had it being done to me I've tried different things out on my skin before becoming an esthetician as well and I've had someone where they were giving me microneedling and PRP and thought it was okay to inject my spot because it's going to heal the area but what you're doing you're messing with that area where there's a spot it's just going to spread inside under the skin and you're just going to give you more acne so really and truly you should not even be treating that person that has a problem with acne you know, they need to clear that first and yep. then have the treatment. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots to it. So, and, uh, so for the people that are listening, like I, for me, right, it's like there's so much, right? Do this, don't do this, do that, don't do this, don't inject this here. And it's quite confusing and quite overwhelming yeah. As, yeah. as I'm listening. So for the, the people that are listening, is there a blog or some resources where would you recommend people go to learn more about this and to just become educated from someone that perhaps you trust? Or even do you have this stuff on your website? Could people go to your website and learn more? Well, I can't say I have all of the stuff on my Instagram, but I will. So if they follow me, <laughs> they yes. will get, they'll get all that eventually. Because um, it's definitely what I am trying to do because I don't think it's out there enough. Um, the pressure is on you, Maria. I'm the pressure to... you... But you just put a whole lot of pressure on your shoulders. <laughs> That's fine. Game is yes. up. That's absolutely fine. I'm cool with that. But no, um, you know, it's you just you just need to know that the person knows what they're talking about, and they're not just going to go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it for you," and take your money, right? Okay. So, yep. and unfortunately, not many specialists know this. So yeah, you can Google these things. For example, obviously, you necessarily always trust Google, but you could say, you know, can I have this? Uh, treatment if I have acne can I have you know these sort of things but most people need to understand that when it comes to acne you know it's anything can make it worse so mm -hmm. you don't want to start putting a lot of people think oh it's just products that I put on my skin or like we were saying earlier you know someone might take Rakuten or or a pill and that will help in that moment maybe but it's harming them inside you know and it's only going to the acne will only eventually come back anyway 
Let's talk about acne. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we will get back to acne, but the other thing to remember is <clears throat> this internal, you know, has to come from the inside out, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> some of the work that Maria also does are um, IV infusions. And so when you, you've got somebody who knows how to do the aesthetics, when you've got somebody that knows how to, is even aware internally you need to do your own work, right? Because everyone wants it done to them. I don't want to do anything. Give me the pill and I'll just get on with my doing, mm. you know, running my life that I, I, I always, the way I always do. I just don't want to change anything. So you've got someone here that's going to say, you've got to do this for yourself internally. I'll do this outside work, but unless you put the effort in, it's not going to work. But in addition, when we work with patients together, I'm able to look at their health from a, you know, from the, the level that I look at it, which is, which is pretty detailed. And we're then able to give not only all of the fixing up of the health stuff, but IVs that are specifically made for these people. That's going to help with the internal health. So that can only look good on the outside. You know, all of that stuff. No one does that as a combination. And Mm. and putting the, the whole internal fixing up IV, oxygen treatment, the, the stuff that Maria does, all that kind of thing. It, it, you can't find it in most places. And mm-hmm. so that's why she's got so much more knowledge and advancement in this area than your regular beautician that you go and see that does a facial for you. Mm-hmm. Which is why useful, useful living.us. When, Maria? I know my, my, my beautiful, my beautiful better half is, is going to be listening to this podcast and she's definitely going to want some of your expertise. She's beautiful. She's one of the, and she's never done anything artificial, no bot, Botox. She feels like you do. She's just all natural and she's got a natural beauty. And of course I look at her and I'm like, babe, you don't need to do anything. You are just beautiful naturally. And of course she wants the edge, right? She's going to be, gosh, she's, well, she's in her early thirties. I'm, I'm 41 now. And so I just, we need a youthful living that us. That's what I'm, that's basically what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> oh, maybe one day. <laughs> One day. So let's talk about acne really quickly. And I'm going to share my story. And I also want to talk about the, I don't know if I'm butchering this, but the hereditary aspect of acne. And I think when I think about, you know, that word hereditary, and I think about people who say, you know, diabetes runs, type two diabetes runs in my family. And I'm like, well, maybe perhaps, but, but poor lifestyle habits and poor eating consumption is really what probably runs in your family. It's probably not type two diabetes. When I hear acne, the same claim can be made. My mom had acne, my, you know, my dad had acne, my cut, right. It runs in my family. Does act is acne actually hereditary or is it about the consumption and the food and the sugar and the shit that we put in our bodies that leads us down that path to where acne plagues us? No, I, I would say acne is not hereditary. It's definitely what we are doing. Um, the number one main thing when it comes to acne is, is, which I think everybody has this issue today, is imbalance of hormones. Um, mm-hmm. And it could be other things in the body as well, different parts of the face where, and I'll definitely um, share more of this like on my Instagram, you know, because different parts mean different things. But um, it, acne, um, you know, rosacea, eczema, things like that, conditions, are conditions, and it is something that's going on inside. That's so and good. What yeah. we're doing to ourselves, stress, yeah. any of, like I said, the polycystic ovaries caused it for me, that I didn't, I wasn't born with polycystic ovaries. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, um, probably Paul will explain it better than me, but I do actually have, um, and what I would like to do with my Instagram page, because it's important for me that people understand the connection between the mind, body and skin, and I'd love to do um, a live and talk a bit more about this sort of stuff with Paul on my, on, my, on my Instagram, but I did actually go on with a hormonal specialist, so anyone can check that out if they want, because we get a lot of, you know, um, myths about chocolate causing acne and things like that where chocolate can exacerbate it doesn't necessarily cause it and she really explained because that's kind of what she specialized in hormones and it was really interesting um as to you know how we can get acne there's different types of acne you know some of it is bacterial and it is more surface level and some of it is something you know going something going on inside 
Um, but it definitely is not hereditary. Mm. Gotcha. So interestingly, in, interesting on that, Mike, sorry, my father had really. I want to talk, Paul. I want to uh, talk. Nothing you say is interesting talk. anyway, mate. It's all <laughs> your, you know. the, um, uh, but my father had really bad skin when he was younger, and I had awful acne when I was in puberty. And um, back then in the 70s, there wasn't the understanding there is today. And whilst my father had it and I had it, it was, I would suggest, 90% down to lifestyle and food and upbringing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it was definitely a hormonal sensitivity because, the uh, and it's the same reason why I lost my hair so young, is my testosterone goes down a, uh, a pathway to make dihydrotestosterone and DHT will 100% give you cystic acne and make your hair fall out early. And the, um, the cure for it is to know how to move your testosterone pathway from DHT, which is a 5-alpha reductase to a 5-beta reductase. So you have less of the symptoms. Things that make it worse are poor lifestyle, lots of sugar, you know, not exercising or, or pollution or whatever it is, cereal for breakfast, all the usual stuff that we were given as kids. And so knowing that you can actually do things, hereditary is an interesting word. It can mean that you're more sensitive, but it's mm -hmm. that lifestyle food factors that are going to really make it worse. And, and once you get on top of that, you can certainly reduce those symptoms. Yeah. So I will say I am living proof that chocolate does not cause acne. <laughs> I have so now I don't eat Hershey bars and milk chocolate and processed chocolate. I have chocolate from like Hugh Kitchen, which is just, you know, all natural, yeah. organic, dark chocolate. But I have a lot of chocolate. I eat it with my coffee in the morning and I have it with tea at night. So I'm living proof that, that chocolate isn't it. But I want to talk about acne in my experience really quickly and just see kind of what you think and what perhaps you would do now at my age. I suffered from acne as a, as a teenager. And it was absolutely because I was eating, you know, Fruit Loops and, and, you know, Fruity Pebbles and just tons of sugar, right, as a kid and fast food. And it wasn't until I cleaned up my diet, I was, you know, 31, about a decade ago, I cleaned, cleaned up my diet and that's when my com complexion cleaned up. So I speak from experience. I can absolutely relate with what you're saying as, as it relates to diet and complex, uh, complexion. That being said, I can't remember, I think it was about seven years ago or so, I actually flew to see a specialist in New York City because in New York City, right, you get all the best stuff, all the best care, all the best treatment. Literally, you know, downtown, I think it was Manhattan. I, I can't remember how many thousands of dollars I paid for this treatment, but it was microderm abrasion. And I mm. remember, right, lots of needles, lots of bleeding. It was like they put um, like saran wrap on. And then it was a bunch of, you know, it was a machine that, you know, just came in. And I remember like my face was like almost scarred up. It was like really red and almost like scarred. Like it was like, like you said, it was, it, it was healing. But it was, I didn't even want to go out in public because it was so, there was so much to it. When you hear that and you hear the term microdermabrasion, is that what you're talking about with microneedling or is this something different? So, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to clarify that with you. When you, do you mean microneedling or microdermabrasion? Microdermabrasion. So microdermabrasion is basically like a deeper, uh, a deep exfoliation like microneedling can be as well but microdermabrasion doesn't involve needles so Got i'm it. not sure what type i mean it sounds like they're giving you a mix of treatments <laughs> could be um, i thought it was my so you're saying that that doesn't sound like microdermabrasion yeah i mean even if it was say microneedling for example and you had you would go red from it yep. obviously you would bleed from it and the idea is yep. that you kind of rub the blood back into you know we want it to seep through so that kind of helps even more uh, which I would do that with the glove, etc. But you wouldn't, you would leave red, but it wouldn't sound as scary as your one sounds. Yeah, um, I mean, it was. I think how long? Did, how long was the downtime? Like how long until your skin healed? Oh, it was a while. It was a while, and I just remember, I remember the gloves, and I remember the the numbing paste all over my, the numbing gel, and then Saran wrap, and then it was just. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it hurt. It was, it was interesting. And I don't remember, it's been so long. I don't remember, but I just, 
I remember what I do remember is the name, the, the term microdermabrasion, but it sounds like it, it could have been a combination of things, but it was, it was pretty harsh. It was, I do think I got results from it. I do think that the scarring on my face is definitely better than it was. They said, you know, you may have to do this a couple of times and I didn't want to go back to New York and get it done, which is leads me to my next question. This is like, so I do have a little bit of scarring and it does bother me from time to time. Um, even though most people are saying, well, I don't notice it and you look great. It's like, well, I see, I look in the mirror. Don't tell me, right? Like I'm looking at myself. It's like, it, it, it bothers me. So now at 41 with this little bit of scarring that I have, what would you recommend for me? So what, what's the scarring from? Acne. Oh, acne scarring. So like, mm -hmm. kind of like holes and it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably hard to see it here, but there's, there's a little bit, there's a little bit here and there's a little bit up here. Okay, well, I personally don't do laser, but laser also helps with this. Um, there can be side effects with laser. Mm -hmm. I feel like micro needling PRP for me, it's the safest option and it definitely does help with um, the acne scars as well, unless they are severe and really deep. But generally speaking, I find it helps and I've seen it with my clients as well. Um, so I would recommend micro needling PRP. I, I, I'm not really sure what you had. <laughs> it sounds a bit. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, but, you know, also, you know, if when you say it did help with the scarring, so it did help. So what just so I understand, what was the actual issue? Was it just that you came out red and you just felt a bit like, why am I all red and blood? And whatever? I don't think there was I don't think it was as much of an issue as it was surprised at the downtime, you know, because it was, okay. you know, it was it was quite. It, you know, it was okay. at least a week, at least. Well, okay, I'll explain that, that now I understand more now. So with the downtime, it's for the therapist to, to analyze your skin, especially to analyze your skin um, and be able to understand if you are ready for the treatment because you may need other treatments before to prep your skin for it. Because if, for example, you have sluggish lymph, you know, um, and you'd be able to tell from maybe puffiness under someone's eyes or if the skin looks a bit sort of, sluggish or dull or um you may need a couple of lymphatic drainage facials before having the treatment which would help with you having you know um less downtime basically after gotcha. treatment. Mm -hmm. something like you know just for an example you need to look at the client's skin so again if somebody comes to me with the actual acne active acne and they, they want they're coming to me for the acne scars they need to treat their acne or go away and do what they need to do internally to heal the acne before they come back to me for their scars. Um, so they, it's not just, you know, oh, I see a spot, okay, or I don't see a spot, I'll do the treatment. There's, there's more mm -hmm. to it that we do have to do. It's important to do the skin analysis as well. Interesting. So let me ask people don't do. Yeah, so let me ask you this, with regards to PRP and the microneedling that you're referring to as something effective for the scarring, is that one treatment in your experience? Is it multiple treatments over a short period of time, over a long period of time? No, it's in never one session. I don't think that you can ever do one session with anything. Um, the skin, you know, it's like, for example, we, we need to be doing work on our skin at home. So ideally exfoliating, masking twice a week is what we should be doing. We have that dead layer of skin and it's constantly, um, you know, within, within toxic sort of air and environment and everything that's sort of hitting our skin. Um, obviously for us women makeup or any products that we're putting on our skin we need to clean our skin properly and over time that layer needs to be shed the top layer for a fresh layer to come through mm. um so if we're not doing our part we, as i was saying earlier about my client before we could be putting all these products on but we're just putting products over product over products it's not actually doing its job seeping through the skin the ingredients doing what they're supposed to do so you you know if you're so it's the same with the microneedling PRP, microdermabrasion any of these treatments um chemical pill is a little bit different um sometimes with some people like i had a client who's dark toned she's asian she had really bad pigmentation asian um skin tone can be quite prone to pigmentation so the microneedling and prp wouldn't work for her but she could have a chemical pill um and which she, which she had and that helped Obviously, there is you. You know, you need to know what we're doing with chemical peel because it it can it's a chemical it can burn. So there's different um, strengths, and you need to know what skin types to use what pill on them, etc. Um, so there is a chemical pill that can help as well. That that's something you wouldn't have regularly. You know, gotcha. with PRP, you can have every month. 
if you want gotcha. to you really want to okay. do it for the rest of your life you can do that it doesn't it's, it's not going to harm you in any way but yeah. I always, we always recommend and I think most um institution specialists do is at least the first six should have at least six sessions where it's once a month and then after that you can you know see how you feel and do top-ups and some people are a bit like well I don't want to give my money out just like that for six sessions I want to try at least one and I do say look um you know there's there's no point just doing one it's not going to do anything for you at least commit to three pay for three mm-hmm. you know come for three see how you feel see how it goes and mm-hmm. then if you want another three we'll take it from there you know a lot of places would say no six and that's a discount for six otherwise you don't get it etc and it does come across like you know they're doing it for money um but it's it's true in that the first few it's important to do it close together and you do need a good few to really see but most of the time you will see something even from the first session and they are shocked and they come back i can't imagine i can't imagine it's like saying if i have one good meal today am i going to see the results yeah right well no you need to do it consistently over a period of time and give it right. the opportunity to work. And it's the same with any of this other stuff. I got to imagine, Maria, as, you know, I, I, I feel your, your passion and your sincerity and, and, you know, coming through and how you're sharing your work and how important these people are and the work that you do is. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine, you know, a woman comes to you distraught, stressed. You can see it on her face. She works with you for six months to a year. She's glowing. She's looking in the mirror. She's seeing that reflection, that smile. How does that, how does that light you up? Like, how does that make you feel? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because at the beginning, you remember when I was explaining my story about how I decided to go, you know, go into the aesthetic um, industry and I found out about the the courses that the company where I did the phlebotomy course where I started, my, my journey started. Um, they were talking about PRP actually, and they were saying, "Oh, well, if you know uh, the Kardashians made it famous, it's called it's they're known as the vampire facial, and uh, you know you can do this, and you you know it costs this much, and then you make this much out of it, and blah blah blah." And as I said at the time, I was like, "Okay, well that sounds like you know I could work part time and good money, support my child. I'm sure I'll be good at it." But over the over time, with everything I actually had to study and everything I've learned, falling in love with. Um, just, you know, everything I'd learned. And, and, and I remember when I was in beauty school and before I did all sort of uh, the other stuff, um, thinking to myself, I want to be one of the best beauticians out there. You oh, know, yeah, and yeah. as in skin specialist. Yeah. But at the time it was just the beginning of my journey. I wasn't quite sure where I'd end up or what, what I would do more of and et cetera. And I said, I want to be the best out there. I want to help people inside out, like understand what the pro- root cause of the problem is. And that it's not just, I'm going to do a treatment and charge you and hope that you're going to be happy with it. You know, um, mm-hmm. and, there's, that, and there's so much more to it than that. And I've obviously had my bad experiences with professionals that I'd seen over the past, in the past, and I didn't feel that they particularly really helped me. And I was just confused with all this information thrown mm-hmm. at me which wasn't useful. So I knew from then and now it's not even about the money. It's like, I want to be fair with my pricing and I want to know that I'm going to get results and that they're going to be happy. And it's very rewarding when they come back to me and say, oh, you know, people have been telling me your skin looks amazing. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> you the You're like, hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love, I love it. it. I love it. So as we, you know, we're coming up on an hour, I like to keep these around, around an hour where I would like to finish as long as, as Paul's okay with it. Um, you know, cause he's, he seems to be running the show here today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to talk about some products that you perhaps suggest. Now, a lot of my listeners are going to be in the U S and they don't have a Maria to go to, and they don't have a youthful living to go mm-hmm. to. Um, so what kind of products can we suggest? I'll share some of the stuff that, that I'm using. You actually have now motivated me to exfoliate twice a week as, yeah. as, as a man who I'll be 41 next month. I, I definitely want to slow the aging as, as best as I can. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I, I do want to look as youthful and as good as I possibly can for as long as I can. Yeah. Um, but that being said, products I think first and foremost, what are some of the things I've heard, you know, is it parabens? Is that how you say that? Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's all kinds of toxic ingredients and a lot of the, the beauty products that are better mass marketed. Silicone, what are some, 
what are some things that that men and women should you know as they're reading the labels as they're looking on the labels what are some things that are like taboo that we should absolutely stay away from as it relates to chemicals and things in our products yeah as you said parabens silicone is another one i mean that is basically what that does is forms a barrier around your skin and it stops the the good ingredients from being absorbed into your skin so what most i mean there's so many i, I couldn't really right. tell you. there's literally there's a lot more than what they say there is um and Thanks for actually asking that because I might actually just do a post on that on my Instagram where I just list all of the, you know, because there is so many. Um, but for example, I'll give you that one example of silicone. It builds um, a barrier around your skin, surface of your skin, so that the good ingredients don't get absorbed in. So a lot of these products are being advertised as healthy. It's got vitamin C and all these good ingredients, but then they're not seeing all the bad ingredients where mm -hmm. the good ingredients is not allowing the good ingredients to be absorbed into your skin. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. In terms of one of your questions, in terms of um, what to recommend skin product wise, yes, um, it would be exfoliating and masking twice a week yourself, yes. Um, another one is SPF. People don't realize the importance of SPF and to be using a mineral based SPF um, because there's a lot of a lot of bad SPFs out there. Um, so, you know, vegan toxic free mineral based plant um, SPF factor 50. People think they don't need the 50, I'll just go for a 30, it's factor 50. Um, and with SPF, it's not just when you're on holiday or only living in a really sunny country or only when it's really hot. Um, it is every day. And I actually have shared a post on that on my Instagram already um, that, that it actually protects your skin from other things as well, like blue light. We're constantly on the screens now. Um, you know, even heating, air conditioning can affect your skin, all sorts of things. So there's many factors. So protecting your skin, and even if you can, applying every couple of hours. So people actually don't realise how important it is. Wow. So, so here's my... No so here's, really, I don't think anyone really yeah. does that, but, it, you know, it's, it's especially when you're in makeup and there are kind of like spray SPFs that you can use, but... If you can, apply every couple of hours if you can, but at least every day, every morning, before you leave your home, apply your SPF. Another Interesting that you I, say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another thing I would say is that most people think they need to use all these products, like a ridiculous amount of products, and you don't. Um, but also some professionals say, you don't need a moisturizer and an SPF. Yes, you do. SPF is designed to sit on the surface of skin to protect your skin. So you do need the moisturizer with the good ingredients in that will be absorbed into your skin um, and do the work that it needs to do for your cells and whatever else. And the SPF is on top and that's just a layer of protection. So you do. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what specific products to recommend, everyone's skin is different. So mm -hmm. you need a consultation for something like that. And I do offer free 50 minute consultations. And if people want more of a skin analysis, um, a detailed consultation where we, we look into things in more detail and I can, I can advise when it comes to products, US, wherever they are, they can have that with me as well. I love it. Okay, we'll put some links. We'll make sure that there's some links in the show notes. Um, I use for the men that are listening, and I know that there's some women that use this, but have you ever heard of Ali Tura? What's that? Alitura is a men's skincare line. No parabens or paraben free. Like he is obsessed with ingredients. He'll actually even mm. eat his, he'll eat his ingredients. So he'll put his on his hand and he'll, he'll eat it. I think Hawthorne, does Hawthorne rec, uh, ring a yeah. bell? I think there's, there's, there's just a lot of really good natural ingredients in his products. And that's what I've been using. So, you know, like you, I believe he's from? he's from, he's from the US. Okay, I'll look into that. I mean, I, the products I use at the moment are Skin Philosophy um, and they are all vegan toxic free. But another thing with that is a lot of people think if something's vegan toxic free, it's going, to, it's going to be good for my skin. But it has to have the correct ingredients in the active ingredients. I'm not sure what's going on with my light here. Um, the correct ingredients such as, you know, niacinamide, stabilized vitamin C, hyaluronic acid, etc. You know, it's not just um, a bit of fruit. And But yeah, I mean often you can even make your own products at home with certain fruits and so it some I mean I remember I bought my daughter she's seven um and they're at that age where they want makeup like you know for their dollies and then they start putting it on themselves as well and I 
was I was against that but at some point all her friends have got makeup she goes to the house so I bought her makeup which was actually vegan toxic free from a, a vegan brand and um her eye had swollen wow using the eyeshadow and I immediately threw it away um and I was like no more makeup <laughs> but you know it, just because it's 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 vegan doesn't mean that it's good. You need the right ingredients as well. Same thing, like just because it says organic on the yeah. packaging doesn't mean, I mean, they're fooling us. I want to read, I, I'd love to get your feedback on Alitura. Um, I've been a fan for a very long time. I'm just going to read some of these ingredients to you. Yeah. Um, organic jojoba oil, organic olive oil, organic witch hazel, organic rose water, organic rosehip oil, hemp seed oil, marine collagen, Organic Hawaiian beeswax, CO CoQ10, organic bee propolis. Some really good stuff. I mean, from from what I know, you know better than I do. Yeah, no, sounds good. What, what so what is um, these ingredients and what kind of in generally in all the products? Or this is his gold serum. So okay. this is after you exfoliate. I'll put this gold serum on. Yeah, and it's this. It's almost like this yellow gold color, and it's it's beautiful on your face. Um, and I love it. So that's why I just that wanted to make amazing. sure. I mean, it's definitely not something I would use every day. So I'm glad that you said it's a serum that you use after exfoliate a couple of times a week because yep. of all those oils, I, I wouldn't, you know, some people think, and I, and I used to do that in the past as well. I was like, go natural, completely natural. And I was just using oils and things like that. And that just really clogged up my skin. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, that sounds good. Like a couple of times you exfoliate, put that in. There's the CoQ10 there as well. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Just good for the brain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, any Paul, any any last questions for Maria before I, you know, kind of kind of give her the floor and 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 just you know ask for maybe just a final question or two? Uh, no, I don't. What I do think is that anyone listening, if they've got specific questions they want to send in, um, we can get Maria back on. I'm sure. Oh, to, absolutely. To, to answer specifics for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also take her up on the offer of. The 15 minute consult um she can do yep. it on zoom don't need to be in the uk and um it's definitely worth having a chat because <clears throat> one of the things that we definitely stress over as we get older is how we look and how our yep. skin is performing and and you've got to be proactive with this stuff you cannot yep. just think it's going to be okay you know when you see someone that's got very wrinkled skin understand something sugar consumption will break the collagen in the skin and the cross-link that keeps your skin tight will become compromised. So you can tell if someone's been eating a relatively high sugar, not even massively high, but a relatively high sugar diet or consistently high sugar diet, their skin is definitely going to be more wrinkled. Add to that going out in the sun and putting on you know, oil to make you brown even more and mm -hmm. you know and 30 years of that and you see people with this like leathery skin that you know is never going to be tight again it's it's always going to be damaged all of these things cause problems and so until you become aware of this and start being proactive at being conscious about what you need to do not just think oh i'll go to maria and she'll fix me because she mm -hmm. won't. She'll turn around and go, well, I'll fix you. Here's all the stuff you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do the other bits. Now, until you get that concept, you're just going to be disappointed long term. So, you know, um, that's, that's what I would say on the matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, this has been, I mean, I, I love you, Paul. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of you, but I, but this, this perhaps was the best episode that we've ever done with Maria. I mean, she comes in and, and just the, the knowledge, um, and, and the stuff that I've learned. So Maria, last words, um, what do you want to leave? You know, my audience is always hungry for the best They're They, they become more obsessed with their health over time. They've been following me for a number of years and I've taken them on this journey, um, you know, to be, uh, to, to, to search out for truth truth is what's most important. And I think you have a beautiful truth about yourself an unwavering truth that says, you know, I put my, my stake in the ground and, and this is who I am. This is how I'm going to treat people because this is what I believe is right. That being said, what are some last, you know, words, sentences that you would like to leave my audience with, with that understanding? Um, I think when we were talking before about the pressures today of looking good, 
um, you're not going to ever be perfect. No one is perfect. I think the most important thing is understanding why you are feeling the way that you're feeling, um, whether it's stressing you out, depressing you, making the, you eat the things that you're eating, doing the things where that you're doing where you, you know, you're actually abusing your body. Um, and I'll add to what Paul said earlier about, you know, chocolate and, um, I mean, sorry, sugar, overeating sugar, et cetera, that breaks down the collagen. There's also alcohol, smoking, and there's sugar in so many other foods and not just, you know, the, the, the treats that we like to eat. Um, mm -hmm. It's, don't be hard on yourself if you don't understand something and know what's going on. You don't have all the knowledge. So, you know, when it comes to health and you know, how you look and how you feel. Don't be afraid to invest in your health. I think that's really important. So find that someone who you think can help you, even if that means saving up, going to the right person, getting the right kind of advice. And I know, unfortunately, some people do spend the money and go to the wrong people. So it's, it's really, and the same thing going back to Botox and fillers, where I said before, that's what you really wanna do. Just be aware of what's going into your skin, injecting your skin. But at least if you're going to do it, go and do it with somebody who knows what they do. So with anything, it's research is so important, mm -hmm. I would say. And mm -hmm. the most important thing is learning to love yourself. Because mm, beautiful. All these things, eat well, do these treatments, etc., and still have a really poor mindset. And that's not going to help you. So it's just understanding what is it that's bothered you in the first place, brought you to be stressed, brought you to have the lifestyle that you have, you know, um, live the way you live, eat the way you eat, et cetera. Whatever it is, you know, look into that and, and, and work on that because the beauty is, as they say, within the beholder, okay? Yes. So it's all yes. about what's going on inside mentally everything. So it's just learning to love ourselves because, you know, I could do all of these things and I can tell you now, I will still look in the mirror and find something I don't like. Mm, isn't that the okay. truth how much yeah. healing and fixing and whatever I've done I can there's always something I'll find that I don't like but mm. my, the one thing I say is I'm me and I, I refuse to change for anyone if I don't like it that's for me to work on if somebody else doesn't like it I don't care oh awesome Paul I can see why you why you love Maria so much <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, what? it takes time to think like that and get to that point but yeah. that's something I've learned in my life and if I could help others and not have to go through the things that I went through and the struggles and to realize that sooner that that's the last thing I'd like to I'd like to say really yeah I love it I love it thank you so much what a beautiful episode and you're such oh, a beautiful human being inside and out this has been wonderful I hope that my audience um, our audience Paul who's listening got as much value as, as I have today I'd love to have you back on, but in the meantime, for those that are listening, look at the show notes, follow Maria, get in touch with Maria. Um, as you all know, I trust Paul with my health. He works with my mom. He's worked with my, my um, uh, Amanda. He's uh, going to be working with my brother in the near future. So I trust Paul with my life. And he is the guy that I go to for all things health. So anybody that Paul advises or brings onto the show or works with is, is in that, uh, that line where, you know, family is family and, you know, we're just, we're here and this has just been amazing. So that's all I got today. I hope everyone loved it as much as I did. Thank you so much, Maria, for giving us some time today. And Paul, thank you for introducing us all. Thank oh, you for pleasure. having me. I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much and for all the lovely yeah. compliments. It was, it was a joy. Lovely meeting you. Michael. Thanks.